Hi, and welcome to The Book Place. I'm Salem Buchanan. And I'm Mercy Case. We're two sisters talking all about books, reading, and what's bringing us joy right now. Each week, we'll talk about our current reads and then go in-depth on one bookish topic. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's get into it. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 11 of The Book Place. You're here with Salem and Mercy. Hello. How are you, Merce? How's your day? I am good, actually. I had a good day. Thank you. Great. I'm glad. How are you? Great. (laughs) I've just come off a week of holidays with the fam, so I'm doing really well. Nice. We are going to get into the usual today. Actually, we have our second guest interview. We have Kimberly Saunders on with Mercy, who interviewed her um, this past week. So we're very excited to welcome her onto the the show soon. Uh, and then following that, we've got our discussion. Our topic today is books about books. One of my favourites. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, there's always a plethora of books about mm. books to discuss. So we're looking forward to getting into that. And then we will, as always, finish off with what's bringing us joy. First of all, though, let's get into our interview with Kim Saunders. Alrighty, I am here with my good friend Kim Saunders, who is, you would have heard me mention on episode three, I believe, is one of my book twins. Um, and she is our lovely guest for today. And we get to be in person to talk about books. How are you, Kim? Yeah, doing well. It's so lovely to be here and be a guest on your podcast. Yay. Um, Kim has been a very faithful listener since the beginning, <laughs> which is so nice. And we often talk books and have known each other for what? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. 20, Nearly 20 years? 20 years, wow. Um, so we'll get right into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Kim, do you want to tell us a bit about you and your family and what you do with yourself? Uh, yep. So I am married. We've been married about seven years to a lovely man named Brad. So that's another thing we have in common. Yes. Both our husbands are called Brad, which is pretty cool. A little confusing. <laughs> yes. Very awkward when we get together sometimes. Um, yes. And I have a soon-to-be one-year-old mm-hmm. son um, called Emmett. So, yes. yes. Very cute. Yes. And before you had Emmett, what did you... What did you do? Oh, yeah. Um, I worked as a high school teacher. I was a French teacher mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, about to go back to that. So trying to work out how I'll be mm. part-time French teacher, part-time mum. New life stage. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. So what what role does reading play in your life and how long would you say that you've been a reader? Um, yeah. So I, I love to read. It's definitely something um, I do for pleasure to escape, but it's also something I do because I love to learn. Um, and I was actually thinking about this when you asked um, that question of your last guest because I remember in grade one, this is really embarrassing, but <laughs> I hated reading and I actually um, faked a sickie um, one afternoon because I knew new books were getting handed out <laughs> after lunch. Yeah. Um, so I went to sick bay and my mum came and picked me up. But the worst thing was when my mum took me to the classroom to pick up my school bag, my teacher gave me my book anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, so I didn't like reading immediately, but, um, yeah, it must've been very short lived. I think I'm a perfectionist. And so, um, I wasn't getting it perfectly. And so I didn't really like it, but, um, yeah, by the time I was in grade three, it was like, that's all I did. Like half of the photos my mum has of me from that time is me reading at the kitchen table (laughs) in bed, camping everywhere. So yeah. yeah. Fun. 
And obviously you've got a nearly one-year-old and that's a very different life stage. How has that changed how you read or what you read or what reading looks like for you now? Uh, well, not having a great sleeping child has meant that I've read like every sleep book that there is out there this year. Um, but it means that um, I've, I'm very picky about kids' books. I hate bad kids' books. I'm like, how did this even get published? This has no plot. Um, so I'm very picky in what I read to him um, and what I am willing to have in his bookshelf. Um, but also for me, um, I... And still reading and probably reading more, but I find it really frustrating if I'm reading during his nap and then he wakes up and I'm like, no, yeah. I can't finish this. Yeah. And so, yes, um, it's it's working out how to, yes, mm. read and still get sleep because it's so tempting to stay up and <laughs> yes. finish books. But I'm like, no, sleep is a priority. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you if you're on a desert island, you have to mm. pick one genre that you could read, or if you have like. I don't know, a reading slump and you need something to to get back into, what's your go-to? I I find that really tricky because I read probably a few different genres and it's probably more to do with the author than the genre and I'll mm. go back and read my comfort reads. Like I'm a big rereader. Yes. Um, I do like young adult fiction. I think that's just really easy and accessible and there's been some really good young adult fiction that's come out mm. um, lately. Um, I think I've started in the past couple of years getting more into sort of the mystery crime thing, but not scary. I can't do scary. I can't do nail biting, you know, so yeah, but sort of mysteries, historical mysteries, um, Mercy and I ended up in a World War II sort of hole of just reading World War II books for a good six months there. Yes. Um, I I think I'm partly still in that hole. (laughs) But that's always something, yeah, there's so much good in that kind Mm -hmm. of subgenre of yeah. historical fiction. Oh, it totally is a subgenre. Yeah, especially so, in the last like 10 years. Yeah. It's just gone bananas. <laughs> um something you said then was really uh like, I was like oh, I need to ask about that because that's something we probably differ in is that mystery crime mm. thing where I can probably read a little bit scarier yes. than you. <laughs> um and so sometimes when I'm recommending to you I'm like oh like at the top of yes. what you like to read. That was Jane Harper though. That's like my limit. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, that like had me on edge, but I was like, no, this is too good. The lost to finish. Yeah. 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 And it does have that. Yeah, I'm very much a person who will discover an author and then read everything they've ever written. Yeah. So, like, after you got me onto The Lost Man, I was like, what else has she written? Yes. But she's yeah. only written like three. So I know, I'm like, I know. I'm what is this? Waiting for her to write more. Yes. She's a good one. Though. Yeah. Um, all right, this is a hard question. <laughs> and you can, our last guest, split it into genres. Yes. So you can do this anywhere you want. I asked you to list your top three favorite books. Okay, so, so this is just yeah, impossible. I know. This could be like for the past few years or like all time or whatever. So, yes, I can't like, do all time no. because I just have too many books from my childhood yep. and from my adolescence that I just love. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to split it into fiction and nonfiction because Great. I just couldn't. Love that. Yes. Okay. So um, nonfiction, um, the first one actually came from you. It's Bittersweet by oh, Sean and Iquest. So um, and part of that is I think you gave it to me at a point in my life where I just needed to read that book. And it's just such um, a beautiful book that, yes, it's definitely up there. Mm. Um, and then one I've just discovered recently in the nonfiction as well is Any Ordinary Day by Lee Sales. Oh, I think um, I've seen that. Yes, I think I recommended it to you. It's so Lee Sales, as in Australian yes. reporter. Yeah, reporter? Yeah, yeah. She's um, the host of the Seven Thirty Report on That's ABC right. and yeah. has written this amazing book about 
sort of in her journalistic career meets a lot of people on the worst day of their lives. And what struck her as interesting was that for all of these people, those days started out as the most banal, ordinary days and yet are catastrophic days that they'll remember forever and how you get through that and, yeah. That's so interesting. I was actually having a conversation just yesterday with friends about this, about Mm. tragedies and how they were just normal days for people and they were normal people. Yes. And these extraordinary circumstances or events that have come out of it. Yeah. and how people survive that is crazy. And that's what she talks about in it as well because she interviews a number of these people and mm-hmm. how they had to um, deal with the media on top of the tragedy and yeah, there are right. actually almost like agents who sort of help people who have suddenly come to prominent fame because wow. of some kind of event or tragedy in their life and yeah. they employ them to help them deal with the media. Wow. that's Wow. I've never thought about that. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, and that's I, how I, I suppose the that. exclusives come out of, yeah. you know, exclusive interview with 60 Minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I have to read that. Yes. Um, so there's my nonfiction. I only have those two. Um, and then for fiction, I've kind of gone, like, with three different genres. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all ones that I've probably more discovered recently. So the first one is um, Only Time Will Tell by Jeffrey Archer. Oh, yeah. It's the first one of the Clifton Chronicles and – I just, I read them when I was actually, I started reading them when I was in London, which I think added mm. to the the feel of it. Totally. Um, yeah. And so they're kind of, I don't know what genre it is. It kind, kind of, of historical. Kind of, yeah, they're historical, although they take, they're seven books and they come all the way up to the present day, basically. Okay, yeah. um, although they start around the First World War. Um, following yeah, one man. Following one man and it's yeah. his life story. And yeah. so there is... Like there's legal stuff in it and crime and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a whole um, I don't know biographical book without being true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what genre you call that. <laughs> yes, um, but <laughs> saga. Yeah, like, I think yeah. they. I only discovered them a couple of years ago, but I think I've read them three times already. Wow. And I think I'm a big rereader. Yeah. I love to reread, and so I think they'll be one of those series that I probably will reread yeah. every couple of years. That's nice. Um, yeah. Um, and then the second one is called Inklings by Melanie Jeschke. Um, and it's set in Oxford and it's got a whole bunch of C.S. Lewis stuff, which I am just a sucker for <laughs> Oxford and C.S. Lewis. So yeah. that really pulled me um, in. And so, yeah, that's there's three books in that series as well. But I just love the first one. And it's kind of a... Um, I suppose it's a romance, but it's not too heavy on yeah. the romance. Yeah. Yeah, you've read it? Yeah. I have. I actually, again, borrowed it from you. Oh, yeah. Um, and I re- I remembered it the other day because we had our um, episode about about series and also about um, countryside England, and I forgot about it for both of yes. them. Yes. So um, I have to read it, and it's a really nice series. Yeah, it's just, and I like that it's, um, one thing that annoys me about romances, although sometimes it can be good, is that they can be too light and fluffy. Yeah. But I like that this has some of the grittiness of life in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And it's is it set in the fifties? Seventies. Uh, seventies. Okay. Yeah. 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 The first two are set sort of in the seventies, and then the third one goes back um, a right. generation to yeah. World War Two. Yeah. Again, the World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> hooks you in every time. Yes, it does. <laughs> Um, and then the third one is a young adult fiction by an Australian writer, actually. She's based on the sunny coast, um, mm-hmm. called Whisper by uh, Lynette Noni, mm-hmm. which I think, have I lent this to you or I've recommended We've it to you? We've talked about it. I can't remember if I've read it or not. Yeah. I don't think I have. But it's a young adult fiction that's actually set in Australia. Oh, that's um, so cool. 
No, not at all. And it is kind of that, like there's a little bit element of that dystopian, not exactly, but it's yeah. that, yeah, that vibe of all of those books that were coming out yes. a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Um, but I just, it's, yeah, it's set in Australia, which is really refreshing and it yeah. just was something different that really captured me and it's just such a good read. Yes. Yeah, I just read it, I don't know, like in a day. That's so good. Is it a is there a sequel already? Yes, there is. So okay. her sequel, Weapon, came out last year, I okay. think, and it's just the two, which kind of oh, makes right. me sad because I'm like yeah. I like the characters, but it does resolve. So yeah, and that's sometimes better than those series that like drag on and on. Yes. Like okay, this could have ended like three books ago. Yes, this is true. And in fact, like I like the sequel, but I think Whisper by itself would have been an excellent standalone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm, I will have to read it. It is on my list. Okay. Because you've recommended it. To me. <laughs> um. Awesome, that's cool. That's added a few to my to my list as well. That's nice because normally I'm getting them from you. <laughs> um, and so having listened to the podcast, Kim, yes. you know, we always do a segment called What's Bringing You Joy, which can be anything, uh, another podcast, a item, a TV show, a life moment or experience. <laughs> we've, we've talked about everything. So what is something that is bringing you joy right now? Uh, so in preparation for my son turning one, um, I have been baking yes. um, and preparing to do a cake for him for his birthday. And I, I have always enjoyed baking, um, but I'm starting to dabble a little more in different things and slightly more complex things. Um, so there is a YouTube channel that I watch um, called Cupcake Gemma. Oh. And she's um, a baker who has a bakery in Soho in London. And she has all these tutorials on how to make the cakes that she sells in her bakery and how to do all of these oh, things. Awesome. Yeah. So I really enjoyed watching them and sort of expanding my baking repertoire. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and Kim sent me a photo of the cake that she's made. Well, a practice cake. It was cake. my practice cake because I didn't want it to go terribly and then not have a cake. <laughs> practice cake for um, her son's birthday. And it was very impressive. Thank you. For a first time, was it first time using like fondant? And ever, stuff? yes. It's the yeah. first time I've ever done a layer cake. Yeah. And first time using fondant. Very impressive. Yes. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see if the real one actually works out. It will out. be well celebrated either way. Yes. At least you won't remember it if it doesn't work That's well. right. Just hide the pictures. Yes. Or take them from a strategic angle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool. Well, Kim, thank you so much for being on the podcast and talking books. Um, we'll continue to talk books probably offline after this. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun. My pleasure. Well, that was our interview with Kimberly Saunders. Thanks so much, Kim, for uh, joining us on the podcast here at the Book Place. We have loved having you on and love hearing your um, about your reading life and books you love. So thank you so much for that. We're now going to get into our bookish topic of the week, which is books about books. Mercy, what do you have for us? <laughs> well, we thought because there's so many books about books in general, so there's a lot of fiction and pretty much everyone owns a bookshop <laughs> in a lot of fiction books. We are going to talk mainly today about nonfiction uh, books about books yeah. and we just have a few that we love and go back to. So we're going to talk about them and I'm just going to say a few of my titles Go for that it. I love. So the first one is I'd Rather Be Reading The Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life by Anne Bogle. Yep. And Anne Bogle we have talked about before. She um, runs the Modern Mrs. Darcy website and has a podcast, a couple of podcasts as well called What Should I Read Next and One Great Book. But she has written a couple of books, one of them being this delightful little 145-page um, hardback 
um, delight, I'm going to call it. <laughs> it's basically just her reflections on, um, dedicated to those who see reading as a lifestyle. And um, it has many different topics and things that make you really nostalgic about reading. Some of them are like when you first get hooked on books, how some people organise their bookshelves, finding your book twin, um, confessing your literary sins and all these other little reflections and essays that she's written. And um, it's in the dedication. It is for anyone who's ever finished a book under the covers with a flashlight when they were supposed to be sleeping, which is <laughs> definitely me. <laughs> Very much you. And that time not because I didn't want to wake up Salem, <laughs> but because I didn't want to wake up Mum when she was going to bed. <laughs> you didn't want to alert her to the fact no. that you were not yet asleep. <laughs> no, even though now as an adult I think she probably knew. <laughs> but she's, like, yeah, she's this reading. Yeah, rather that than other things probably. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that is I'd rather be reading. And it would actually make a really good gift, I reckon, that for definitely. a book person in your life or just someone who you think likes reading. It's just really sweet and lovely. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Can, you can go. Yeah. Another one that we both love, Sale, is called Bibliophile mm. by Jane Mount. And this is a, it's like if your reading life had an art gallery. That's what this book is. <laughs> um, so Jane Mount is an illustrator and designer and she has curated this really beautiful book to basically make you fall in love with all things books and reading if you don't already or if you're a first-timer, this will make you want to read some books. Um, so it is chock full. It's quite a big um, book. It would be a beautiful coffee table book if you had one. It's not on our coffee table because we don't have a coffee table at the moment. <laughs> so it's on my bookshelf. But, um, yeah, so the contents page alone is like a double spread of everything that's in there. And some of the chapters are themed book lists, so mystery, like a mystery, adventure, short stories, historical fiction, etc. And then they get a bit more, like, nuanced and specific. And she has lists of novels of the 1800s, cult classics, books with a strong sense of place. And then she goes like another level down of book uh, crazy. Book nerdiness. <laughs> book nerdiness, that's better. Um, and she has devoted to uh, chapters devoted to like famous food or meals that are in certain books oh, and like that. iconic book covers, yep. uh, the best indie bookshops, which are American because yeah, she's American is. but still pretty to look at. Um, and their owners or like some of them have pets that are like the store pet, which <laughs> <Yes>. is weird. <laughs> um, and then there are like quizzes about books and maps about books and it is just a really fun immersive experience yeah, of reading. Reader's delight. It Another is great gift book. It would be because I got it as a gift. It's probably not something I would, well, I would have bought it for myself eventually, <laughs> eventually. but um, I got it um, for my birthday and I was very excited. And fun fact, I also got it with the um, 2020 diary planner that comes, there's one that oh. goes with it. And it's all a lot of the same illustrations yeah. um, because it, the whole book is just full of these amazing illustrations. Um, but it's a diary as well, which sadly, because of how the year has turned out, I have not got to use much. <laughs> I was going to say, how well has that been used yeah. this year? I, I look at it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty. It's very pretty. <laughs> has nice little quotes every yeah, month. <laughs> and like you can write in the planner books you want to read and books you've read oh, and for cool. each month month yeah. it's really cute little um, plug for their uh, extra stuff <laughs> yes yes and a little plug to my in-laws who bought it for me yeah, who nice. are, my, may or may not be listening <laughs> um 
But I might even put a, a photo of the cover or some inside pages. If I'm, am I allowed oh. to do that on Instagram? What's the what's yeah. the rule on inside pages? I'm pretty sure. I own it. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's fine. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's just pub, just pub, to pub, give. Yeah, I think like so. Advertising. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I will. I will tag her and everything. Yes. Um, right. but I'll put put some photos on Instagram so you can see just like her style of illustration and just how pretty this book is. It's yeah. really nice. So nice. Um, so that is Bibliophile by Jane Mount, and it's not found very much in Australia. I think I ordered mine online. Yeah. So that might be the way to go if you want to get it. It is. I will lend it out to people. It's so pretty. <laughs> um, and then the other one I wanted to talk about is um, kind of a series, but the first one is Honey for a Child's Heart by Gladys Hunt. Yep. And then there's also Honey for a Teen's Heart and Honey for a Woman's Heart. And um, these would be more of like a resourcey list book. Um, and it's definitely an older one. The first one, it was published in 1969. Wow. I know, Honey for a that. Child's Heart. And then they have updated it. Yes, though. there's been yeah. several updates, the latest being in 2002. So it's still quite okay, old. Wow, yeah. Um, but, yeah, 1969 is the first <laughs> one that came out. Um, so so the first one, Child's Heart, was brought in in 1969. And then mm. Teen's Heart is 2002, which is the one that I own. And I think you've read the Children's Heart one sale. Yes, and the woman's. And the woman's heart. Yeah. Oh, I haven't read that one. I've read a bit of all of them because they're just delightful. They um, are. <laughs> um, and so the her main aim is like finding ways to encourage and inspire kids and teens to read and sort of creating environments for your family to have conversations that come out of books and maybe some difficult topics or life and faith stuff. Um, so in the teen version, which is the one I have read, it's split into two parts. The first part talking about like the theory and ways you can enjoy encourage teens to read and has some like a few little small book lists in there as well like some mother daughter read togethers and father son read togethers and you could probably cross them over because we don't discriminate here in the book place um, <laughs> um and then the second half is just book lists based on topics so like adventure fantasy yeah. historical science fiction etc um and just a little note on these ones as well. They are they very much approach reading through a faith and specifically a Christian worldview. Um, so not all of the books are like overtly Christian. In fact, a pretty small percentage of them are. Um, but she like draws out themes and discussions um, and she gives a brief paragraph description for each book. So they might help to start some conversations just about all aspects of life and faith. Mm -hmm. um, for kids and teens. So yep. if that's something you're interested in, it's a yeah. it's a good little resource. It is good. And uh, a little bonus because yeah. it's older. Yeah. None of the books will be on hold at the library. <laughs> so <laughs> or they'll be got, out of French. <laughs> they, they may be out of French. <laughs> no, the majority will be like, no, A lot of them are just like classics as yeah. well. So yeah. it's stood the test of time. Yep. Um, and then the last one I want to talk oh, about yes. is a bit of a different uh, tack. Yeah. It's like it's a nonfiction called The Professor and the Madman, A Tale of Murder, Insanity, and the Making of the Oxford English Dictionary by Simon Winchester. That is a mouthful. It is a mouthful, and what a weird topic. Um, <laughs> True. So not specifically about books per se, but about a book that all books come from. <laughs> the book <laughs> Mum and Dad, I would say. <laughs> Oh, so I'm shaking your head in disbelief. Um, so the Oxford English Dictionary, they started like compiling it in 
1857 and it was this like decades long process um and they had to collect thousands of thousands of word definitions Mm. and so there was like an oversight committee led by professor james murray who was this kind of eccentric self-taught scholar and so people would send in word suggestions and their definitions to be included and the committee was collating them all and they realized that over 10,000 words came from one person who was Dr. W.C. Minor, which obviously intrigued them that there was someone who sent in so many words. And then they found out that he was a doctor who'd served in the American Civil War and was actually incarcerated in an asylum for the criminally insane. Oh, I know. was he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> you never no spoiler, <laughs> but yeah, that's true. It probably, nowadays probably wouldn't happen, okay. but um Wow. Yes. So it's, so this book is like um, it's really well researched and it's really eloquent. You would hope being yeah. about the Oxford English Dictionary, um, but it's just talking about these two main guys who were both both really quite intelligent and both a bit eccentric. One being a professor and one being a, a doctor, madman. a madman, <laughs> uh, like the title, and um, and how they're involved in this massive project that didn't actually end up being completed in even in their lifetimes. Yeah. So I think the first Oxford English Dictionary was published in 1928. Wow, that's like long nearly time. 70 years after it first started, which is crazy. It's and now, not to see it, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> and now we can't even like imagine a world without a yeah, dictionary. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they just didn't have one. Oh. Yeah, that is crazy, isn't it? So that's a fun little, and it's really good on audio as okay, well. Okay, yeah. It, I imagine that would help it. Like it sounds. It sounds boring. It sounds dry. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. That's fine. It does sound dry. <laughs> so I imagine being on audio it might help it move along a little faster. Yes, and I probably wouldn't have read it if it hadn't been recommended to me, Yeah. A, to listen on audio, but also just if I'd seen that at a library or a bookshop, I probably wouldn't have been like, wow, that sounds thrilling. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I guess I wouldn't call it thrilling, <laughs> but it's really interesting. It's interesting. And if you like the, I don't know, how the sausage is made behind these sorts of things. <laughs> I never and the, understand that expression. <laughs> every time I use it, you don't understand it. Um, but like the behind the scenes, then it's a really fun little look at that. Great. So there's some words. What are some Love of yours, Sal? Well, along the same lines of your honey for a teenager's heart, mm. I have, I have a couple of like referency type resource books. Um, we'll start with The Read Aloud Family by Sarah McKenzie. And Sarah McKenzie is, she has a website and a podcast dedicated to um, children's books and helping families read together and read aloud and she has um, heaps of resources on there. So if you get a chance, if you had children, check her out, little plug. Um, (laughs) But the Read Aloud family is um, the first half is sort of explaining her, like you said, philosophy about reading aloud. Um, She has some really good um, tips on talking about books with your kids. That's one of the main things that I really like in it is she gives a whole list of questions to ask as opposed to how did you like that book? Yeah. <laughs> yes, no answers. Was it good? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and sort of to enable more discussion and to sort of draw out some values and things like that out of books that kids might be reading. And then she also um, at the second half of the book is all about um, age ranges. So she does age range, you know, like birth to two and two to five or, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, Leaving the Austin for the two to five 
year olds, you know, because zero to two is too old for them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's um, the Read Aloud family. Another one for uh, families as well is Give Your Child the World by Jamie C. Martin, um, Raising Globally Minded Kids One Book at a Time. So um, that's a really good one. Um, she Jamie Martin is... She's a mum who's adopted. She has her own child and she's also adopted two kids from, I think it's um, Ethiopia and India, I believe. So she has children from three different continents and her husband is English. So she sort of adopted this whole, she um, she lists her books as in from continents. So um, it's really interesting. That's it's cool. It's a lot of titles that... Um, I've never heard of before, but mm. sound really interesting. Um, yeah, and all different age ranges as well, um, going from picture books to uh, YA. That's awesome. Yeah, it is a really, uh, really good resource um, for that. Have you found you've read books from places you would never have read from, or is it more one that you're like, oh, I'll get to that when I? It's get. more um, for me. I have read a few of them, mm. but a lot of them are not ones that I would have heard of before or hadn't even thought of to read. Yeah, um, and a lot of them are for kids. Like I'm yes. like, well, I'll you know give that to my kid when yeah. um, they get to that stage. Mine aren't quite at some of the stages yet. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a one that I will use and continue. That's awesome. On through the years, uh, another resource one, uh, reference one for adults is Book Girl by Sarah Clarkson. She is the daughter of Sally Clarkson, for anyone who may know that. <laughs> I thought, yes, I was confused at first. <laughs> <laughs> it's her first book. Um, and she just sort of tells the story of her growing up with a love of reading and how reading um, really impacted her life and her faith in terms of uh, even when she was a, I think, teenager or early 20s, she um, she said she really walked away from her faith faith or just didn't think much of it and it was reading that brought her back to yeah yeah which was cool um brought her back to god and so um book girl she also lists lots of she has a lot of more classic type books not not all christian or anything but um definitely more of the classic literature um suggestions but also Mm. some ones that sound really interesting that i hadn't heard of in the contemporary fiction um areas as well she just lists them in she has lots of lists in hers which is fun we and love also, a list. <laughs> yeah also other people she gets other people's recommendations oh, that's for cool. certain um genres as well which is really fun nice yeah and then my last one which we both have read yes. recently yeah is dear fahrenheit 451 by annie spence which is a different non-fiction book about books it's yeah. um it's very um it's written in letter form so um, she's, it's like she's writing to the book that she's read yeah. about itself, if yes. that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So say it's, um, I'm trying to think what she, uh, Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, say it was about that. Um, she'd go, dear Lion, the Witch yeah. in the Wardrobe, and talk about things that you she You told either, me this, this, and this. Or yes. Like, she I either, wish you didn't rah, rah, rah. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> She either liked or didn't like or yep. made her feel sad or happy or some of it's some of the letters are longer and then mm. some are just like a couple of lines. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, it is fun because yeah. she's a, a librarian yeah, at the right. Newbury Library in Chicago, yeah. which I had not heard of, but it's apparently a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, <you> no. <laughs> yep. So she, um, and so she talks about 
kind of the people who come to libraries as well, like writes letters oh, to them sometimes. Right. Yeah. And it's like, dear person who's checking this book out, we know it's for you, not your sister. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true. I forgot. It's, um, it's yes. fun. There's some fun ones. Yeah, that's true. Um, there is a, a, a slight language warning as well, just yes. for people. It's, I wouldn't give it to your um, 10-year-old. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really fun. And I think even if you haven't read all the books that she's talking about, yeah. you get the gist of it enough to enjoy it. And it's even made me, like, yeah, there were a lot I hadn't read. Yeah. But it made me go, oh, I would want to read that, or no, I wouldn't want to read that. Yes. Yeah, um, that's true. Helpful. <laughs> it, is, it is quite helpful as well as being fun. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, that's all our list for today on Books About Books. But if you have any that you know of, we would love to hear about them and read yes. them yes. and discuss as always. So let us know. You can contact us on thebookplace.pod on Instagram or, um, yeah, obviously listen to our podcast anywhere they are made. <laughs> um, also, we'd love if you could rate or review us on Apple iTunes. Uh, if you loved us, of course. Yes. <laughs> if you hate us, don't give us Please a Please don't review. <laughs> <laughs> you can just leave it at that. Just we'll understand. But now we're going to get into what's bringing us joy. So, Mess, what's bringing you joy this week? Well, my thing is a movie. We do a lot yep. of entertainment over here on the book place. I love the entertainment. Um, and mine is the movie Eurovision Song Contest, <laughs> The Story of Fire Saga on Netflix. <laughs> I love that title. It is a great title. Um, so this is one that most people have probably seen recently. It's just come out on Netflix with Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Yep. And they are... Um, Icelandic in the movie <laughs> and and wanting to enter the Eurovision contest and it's just really fun I, I'm not normally a Will Ferrell fan so if you put off by that that's fine I think you'll still enjoy it because I still do yep. I don't love most of his movies except for his crowning achievement which was Elf of course obviously the number one <laughs> <laughs> and you'll watch every yeah Christmas. that's right um <laughs> But yeah, it's just I think uh, Rachel McAdams is a good influence on him. It tones down some of his right, like his craziness, his uh, quirks that I don't find so charming. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's just really fun. It has really, really catchy music that I <laughs> like. I played the soundtrack all day yesterday, <laughs> and I have certain songs that I won't sing because it'll spoil it for you. Yeah, stuck in my head. Um, and so it's just a really, really fun movie that and. It was just really enjoyable. I've seen the ad for that and it looks yeah. on my list. And so it's Netflix. totally over the top, which yeah. is what Eurovision is. So yeah. it's exactly what you think it's going to be. <laughs> I, love it. I like how I see in the photo he's bringing back the uh, Blades of Glory here. Like, that, that's what someone else said. They're like, it's like the singing Blades of Glory. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's funny. It made me think that. Yeah. <laughs> A little right. less crude than Blades of Glory okay. for sure. But yeah, that has been fun. What about you, Sarah? What's bringing you joy? Well, mine is also a movie. Nice. Yep. I uh, didn't plan that. But uh, <laughs> I mentioned last week that I had a weekend to myself a little while ago. And while I was having time to myself, I watched Downton Abbey, the movie. I'm a little bit late, but <laughs> yeah. a little <laughs> but late to the party. I loved it. Oh, mm. it was so nice. I just thought it was a good. I thought they kept the series going. Um, the continuity was really good, and just the the, the clothes and the props and everything yeah. were just so on point. Yes, I loved. Everybody had their own little storyline, and I thought that was really cool. And it all wrapped up very satisfactorily. Mm. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a word. 
but it was I was very satisfied by the ending yeah. and all my favorite characters had a good ending yeah. so I was like happy about that um yes it was just I like as soon as I turned it on I was just like yeah because the music movie. starts and you're like oh yes <laughs> just so much nostalgia yeah I was like oh I need to watch the show again because there yeah. was parts that I had totally forgotten about yeah yeah it's been a while so that was definitely a winner. If you haven't watched Downton Abbey, yeah. go watch it. The movie is great. <laughs> and I heard rumblings that they are making another movie. Well, I wondered because they left it like it could be yes. continued. Yeah. Left it open-ending. I mean, it's satisfying, yeah. but still not closed. There's storylines that could still happen. Absolutely. So I think obviously maybe once movies are back up and running, they might re- revisit it. But, yeah, I heard I was reading oh, something the other day that said there might be one another one coming, that it's the um, Julian Fellows is writing the script and stuff. Oh, that I would know. be amazing. Wouldn't it? Oh, so good. good. Well, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of The Booklet Place. <laughs> Book Place. <laughs> like Sal said, you can follow us on Instagram at thebookplace.pod. We would love to hear from you. But I hope you have been able to get some things onto your to-be-read list this week. And thank you for joining us. Bye. See ya. See ya.